Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. I'm Himra Chenault, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Lanta Carroll, interim pastor of Families in Formation. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations. Because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Avenue, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit. Where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds, and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Bleak. We look to the light of Christ to call us forward. And today, in the midst of a season of chaos in our government, war across our world, and with the suffering that happens in our everyday life, we are lighting the candle of peace. And this is not because we refuse to acknowledge that conflict exists, but because we trust in the one who says, behold, I am making all things new. May this this light be a reminder that just as light drives out darkness, so too peace drives out violence. May this light illumine your heart and mind, the spirit shining her love in spaces that need healing and compassion, so that we do not perpetuate the violence we desire to do away with. As the empires of this world wage war, we too must be equally fierce about waging peace. Peace as a virtue is not passive. It is something that is cultivated, grown over time, and protected by those who would see its flourishing. Lord, may the light of this peace candle, as it dispels the darkness around it, remind us that we are to dispel the darkness of violence, hatred, poverty, injustice, and war. Today we pray for those who are experiencing war, conflict, and violence around the world. Those in Palestine, Israel, Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, Somalia, Kenya, Nigeria, South Sudan, Ukraine, Turkey. May peace blossom where blood is being shed. We pray for our family who've been put in cages in American detention centers for seeking asylum in our country, for seeking a better life for their loved ones. We pray for the children who have been traumatized by their journey and their separation from their parents, May peace flow out where tears are cried. We also pray for those here in America, in Atlanta, to whom violence is being done through the guise of the democratic process. Those whose health care hangs in the balance, those who will pay additional taxes so the rich do not have to, and those who are still being gunned down by policemen in our streets. And we pray for ourselves, for the members of this body, and the burdens we all carry, the challenges we face, and for the grief we endure, for all the complicated things that occur around us, the things that cause us to suffer in big and in little ways, 
the things that disturb the shalom that God would have us receive. May peace ground us where our minds are unsettled. In the face of all darkness, we pray that the light of peace would come. And we declare that it will come and it will dispel the illusion of separation between us for the one who is all-encompassing can have no opposite. And you, O oh God, are limitless in love. Holy One, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us show love. Where there is darkness, let us shine light. Come, Emmanuel. Fill our hearts, fill our bodies, fill our lives with your peace that passes all of our understandings and light a flame to wage peace wherever we go. Amen. Amen. A shoot shall come up from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall lie with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf with the lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw with the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all of my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to all the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and the dwelling shall be glorious. Word of God for the people of God already been expressed. Welcome. Welcome to Park Avenue Baptist Church. Here, we seek to live into radical hospitality and hope you felt that this morning coming in. All of you is welcome here. I'm one of the pastors here. My name is Darcy. I use they, them pronouns. And we hope that you decide and look to journey with us, to let us wholly know you and love you. We arrive today on the second Sunday of Advent the season of holy waiting, waiting for the coming of hope and justice promised at the birth of Jesus. It is our custom at Park Ave to preach from the lectionary texts in holidays. In this season, it's year A of the lectionary calendar, which to me is the best scriptures. I'm just letting you in a little bit on my lectionary nerdism, but Seriously, these texts this year are hard. They're challenging. They make us have to imagine, right? They let us know that there's something more. We can never quite figure them out. I think it's actually really genius, right? Really miraculous how the Bible can be so full of mystery 
and these symbols that won't quit, these images that stick with us, yet continue to evade our understanding. Our sacred Bible bids us back again to the text to learn again this time, this year, in this season of waiting, waiting for hope, for peace, for joy, for love. Advent is this season. Waiting and patience. These are two things that I'm terrible at. (laughs) Theologian Walter Brueggemann helped me to see another way of looking at Advent when he called it the time for relinquishing control in order to receive the impossible from God. To receive the impossible, right? That's the time that we're in right now. We're trying to receive what is impossible, We have to let our minds go. We have to let them wander. We have to live into our imaginations and come alive in this meandering, this imagery. This is an active form of waiting, right? We need to be honest about things that need to change in the world, not passive in this lingering. We're developing a a vision. We're visioning this possibility of a world in peace. We imagine together in this time of Advent what the world could be with more hope, peace, joy, and love. Last week, we celebrated hope. We heard Pastor Lanta preach from the Gospel of Matthew, a scripture that is so unimaginable, it's almost frightening. The text says, no one knows when the human one will come. We continue and persist in waiting in hope for what is truly unexplainable, Today, we reach for the impossible messianic vision and seek the peace found throughout the book of poetry that is the book of Isaiah. Poetry, this literary genre, this art form, helps us reach toward this impossible. Brueggemann, his reasoning always rings clear in my head. He says, poetry will open the world beyond reason. Poetry, rather than prose, can usher in this vision of the future most hoped for, this vision of peace. And I think this scripture in Isaiah is a poem. And throughout the book, we can find the theme of peace. In chapter 2, we hear, In the days to come, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The prophet Isaiah is sent in a time of war with a message of peace. Not unlike how we are now, early theologians pictured Isaiah preaching from a pile of rubble. Amid the destruction and the desolation of war, preaching peace, a peace that surpasses understanding, that has never yet been realized, peace that demonstrates the evolution of the very nature of humans, the evolution of how people operate in community. So because this radical and new vision is delivered through poetry, it challenges us to imagine. The text for today, we see this unlikely vision, this impossible vision of peace, the wolf and the lamb feeding together, the lion eating straw like the ox, and they shall not hurt or destroy on the holy mountain of God. We see in this strange vision 
this scene that is a realized vision of peace. It's preposterous, really, a total shift in how we perceive relationships. The world is upside down. Animals are going against what we have learned is their very nature, wolf and lamb, lion and ox. No one is getting hurt, not in God's holy world. Just imagine the power of this type of imagining to heal and transform the world is great. We see the prophet of this t- in this time of upheaval proclaiming the coming of peace, proclaiming the ultimate creative transformation of the world imagined through poetry. Today, we might re-envision the lawyer having coffee with the anarchist, the haves and the have-nots meeting to talk and really hear each other, the fundamentalist shares a meal with the atheist, the over-policed and marginalized are listened and heard and seen by police officers and the rule of law, and no one is harmed. It might be impossible But this exercise of imagining and conceptualizing is powerful. We are like Isaiah this morning in a desecrated land. So much danger, pain, and trauma, trying to imagine another way. Park Ave is a place to cast that vision together, where we work for justice, where we find common ground. This can be our place to start, challenging, our expectations of the world. Imagine the old assumptions subverted, old enmities reconciled. This is a picture of peace ushered in by the coming one. The scripture from Isaiah paints these inconceivable images, the first of which is this miraculous growth from the stump of Jesse. This growth, a shoot, shall come out of the stump of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of its roots. When first beginning to look at this text and think about it, we had just had this huge branch fall from the tree on our property. And I'm not exaggerating here, 2,000 pounds. And it landed five feet from our house. I think we're, we're pretty blessed. The city came out and said, and declared several of the trees in our backyard dead. So I was quite literally surrounded by dead and dying trees. And with them, all around me, I became obsessed with this idea of the shoot coming from the stump that seemed to be dead. The shoot of new growth that comes out of nowhere. What seems to be dead instead brings forth life. I began to search and notice on my walks with my son, looking for dead trees, looking for stumps. I had Louise searching the forest behind our house. We never seemed to find quite what I was looking for. Then suddenly, one day, my mind is wandering. I'm at the kitchen sink, and I see a shoot out of nowhere. I stopped. I had stopped looking on the small sill of our kitchen window. There's this mason jar. It's been sitting there for months. It has a large avocado seed in it with toothpicks on it sitting in water, right? I think you can picture it. It's been there so long that I had stopped looking at it, right? I couldn't quite remember when it ended up there. And obviously, I'm not the gardener in the house. My spouse has the green thumb, right? She gardens frequently. I I let plants die. (laughs) 
but it took me preparing for this sermon, the second week of Advent, to really focus in on this seed right? And now it's a plant. When did it even end up there? I asked myself, so I had to go to the expert. I couldn't remember. Amy reminded me that it had been placed there after we celebrated Tubishvat last February. That's 10 months ago, right? The avocado seed has been resting on this sill for 10 months. I had stopped looking at it. At first, I was really into it, like tracking its progress, expectantly waiting, right? For a little while, it looked like something was happening. You could see this like small tangle of roots at the bottom. You can see it through the beveled glass of the mason jar, right? And then for months, nothing. So I kind of gave up on it. But then the seed cracked a little on the top and I was like, okay, here it comes. And then nothing. It just got darker and it blackened and just seemed to be dead. I thought it was dead, really. But I think we had alternately been changing out the water, adding water to it, because it still sat in water, although it seemed to me that it was, it was dead, right? But we kept it there, right? And, and we had put it there, it really Amy had put it there on purpose to celebrate this minor Jewish holiday that's called Tu B'Shvat. And it's a holiday that marks the birthday of trees, right? It's a way to celebrate the gift of the earth by marking this holiday with the growing of a new tree. We didn't, she didn't know if it would work out. We didn't know if it would work out. But we wanted to make a gesture to reclaim our responsibility of trees and growth. This little avocado seed for me had lost its meaning, right? The weight got the best of me. I couldn't remember why we had put it there. I had lost hope that it would do anything. And then suddenly, the other day, I saw a foot-long shoot coming out of this avocado seed. I'm sure it didn't happen overnight, but it felt like that to me, right? Thinking about the shoot from the stump of Jesse made me rediscover again the miracle that is all growth from seed. A stump is a a type of dying and death of a tree, but all seeds die and produce life. It's a miracle, right? I think that seems obvious to other people, but it took this scripture to really put that in my heart, a seed dies, and in its death, miraculous life. So perhaps this image in the beginning of the text isn't so impossible, right? There are impossible images in the text, but this first one isn't impossible, the shoot from the stump of Jesse. Maybe it's not so far-fetched. All growth in nature arises out of death, The death of a stump produces the hope and comes to life. A shoot will arise. The tree will grow. Nature will persist. Nature will persist. A concept that was recently reasserted to me by artist and environmental activist Oscar Romo. I was lucky enough to meet him at an art installation at the Museum of Modern Art in San Diego. He's this super accomplished recycled materials artist who uses art to illustrate scientific and natural concepts. He told me about the evolving of all nature. All ecosystems and organisms are already evolving in the face of climate change. We talked for hours in a room filled with his creations, his sculptures, blue glass reflecting light in green and blue, these metal structures all around us that represented atmospheric rivers, right? Oscar was filled with hope 
and faith in the ecosystem and its miraculous ability to persist. Here was this person, this artist. He talked nothing of faith, but nonetheless filled me with hope and the shoot that will arise out of stump, the power of imagination to manifest hope. This is the capacity of art and poetry that we can live into in our imagining, even in the face of environmental degradation that is showing us lack of biodiversity, decline in melting polar ice caps, fires in the Amazon. Nature will persist. Imagine peace in a world where there seems to be no justice. Imagine peace when there are so many wars. Imagine peace even with wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Yemen, Somalia, Nigeria, the list goes on. Imagine peace when we can't get more than subterfuge from our leaders. Imagine peace amid violence and trauma that is bound up in our DNA and lived out generationally. Imagine peace. The text is this example of the power of imagination and creativity. It is no wonder the author of the book of Isaiah uses poetry to paint this picture of hope, right? To cl the claim that God inspires, connects, and compels human actors is one of the biggest narratives in the Bible, right? So we hear of the stump of Jesse. God raises up a savior from the stump of Jesse. But each I would say each shoot that arises from a stump, each seed that grows is a miracle. It sprouts life in this miraculous way. Each person that overcomes microaggressions of the weak to make it here to church is a miracle. Each one of us comes from the stump of Jesse. Each time a parent reaches deep for compassion and gives love, this is a miracle. Each of us that has the courage to come back to church, to come back to faith when moral injury has turned us away, each time we overcome our anxiety and reach out for community, this is a miracle. This is a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Each one of us is a shoot from the stump of Jesse. And each shoot is filled with the spirit of the peacemaker, that means each of us is empowered to create peace. The text portrays the picture of the peacemaker, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might is upon them. This spirit is upon us all. This spirit is that mysterious wind that drives us towards God's purpose. It blows, uninvited most often, into our lives, pushing us toward that ideal self pushing us toward hope and peace. Process theologians call this irresistible and compelling force of God creative transformation. A seed sprouting is creative transformation. Forgiveness offered is transformation, creative transformation. The importance of the Messiah to us cannot be understated. For this text points us toward the one who is coming, the one who is coming. We know that the stump of Jesse represents the Davidic line from which Jesus is born, right? This, we believe in this coming one, this one who arrived to us in the body of Jesus. 
Jesus, born from the line of Jesse, God incarnate, the holy and bodily person that came to be born of a young single woman. Mary consented to birthing and spoke poetry about the joy she felt. We believe our coming one was born, born as a refugee without a place to call home, born as a brown man from a minoritized population, born our black savior, our signal, born. There is another way to be in this world. This is the signal of peace, a signal that God cares about the human experience. God cares about our bodies, a signal that black and brown is beautiful, a signal that each incarnate spirit is a shoot from a stump of Jesse. Each body is a body of God. Each one of us is a miracle. The Messiah can overcome. We hear in Isaiah, on that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to all peoples. The nations shall inquire of him and his dwelling place shall be glorious. Jesus, born from this stump, and so are we, a signal that we can love each other in everything we do, a signal that we can nourish each other in body and spirit. That is what we wait for this time of year. We wait amid destruction, but imagine nonetheless that that is the miracle and that is the hope. Isaiah says, for a child to us is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We wait for this child to be born again in each and every one of us. We hope, we anticipate. I lost hope just waiting 10 months for a seed to sprout. Let us renew our hope and know that peace is within. Let us rest in the hope and the peace that God is in us all. We have been waiting and imagining and hoping for the peace that is in us all already. It shines through each person and through the, the body of Jesus. May God make it so. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into the world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God who created you loves you and empowers you. To love boldly. Live inclusively. And to serve creatively. Amen. Amen.